You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Disorders and disturbances of sleep are widespread and can have significant consequences for affected individuals, as well as economic and other consequences for society. Dental sleep medicine is an area of dental practice that focuses on the use of oral appliance therapy to treat sleep-disordered breathing, including snoring and obstructive sleep apnea, commonly referred to as OSA. To tell us more about this is an expert on the topic, Dr. John Camisi. Dr. Camisi has been in private practice in Ithaca, New York since 1983. He is a regular speaker on VivaLearning.com, was the founder of Dental Care with a Difference, president and CEO of Sleep Focused Solutions Incorporated, and an assistant professor at the Medical University of South Carolina, James B. Edwards College of Dental Medicine. Dr. Camisi, it's a pleasure to have you on Dental Talk. It's wonderful to be with you this evening, Phil. Yeah, we're very happy to have you, and sleep medicine is a very hot topic now, and uh, <clears throat> it's great that you can offer some insight into this topic on, on this podcast. So my first question is, why is the dental healthcare profession involved in sleep disorders in the first place? Well, interestingly enough, we look at the back of the throat every day, whether or not we realize it or not. We just are need to sometimes look beyond the teeth, as I like to say, uh, because it's standing, it's staring us plain in the face. Patients with enlarged scalloped tongues, people who come to us with closed up or smaller uh, airways that you can see with tonsils or tissue that are back there, uh, patients that are on all kinds of medications. If we have three different types of hypertensive medications that a patient's on, the likelihood of them having some kind of obstructive sleep uh, breathing disorder is extraordinarily high. So we're seeing them. We just don't realize that they're in our practice. And probably two out of every four patient, three patients of ours is probably has some kind of a sleep breathing challenge. Wow, that's a very high percentage. Two out of three you mentioned? Probably, yep. Wow, that's very, very high. So what are the signs and symptoms of sleep disorders? Well, some of the things that you might, of course, everybody thinks about right off the bat when they think about sleep disorders, snoring. Snoring is certainly one of the key things, but most people won't admit that they snore or they'll blame their spouse for snoring and not themselves, of course. <laughs> that's true. Uh, excessive daytime sleepiness. A lot of folks have this tiredness all during during the course of their day. Uh, and that is a definite a sign that we need to be looking at. Hypertension is a really big problem. Uh, anybody who has any kind of acid reflux or morning headaches are very, very likely to have some kind of obstructive sleep breathing disorder. People with diabetes have been also associated with sleep breathing disorders, uh, sexual dysfunction, social problems, memory problems, uh, including the potential for Alzheimer's and dementia being associated and caused by sleep breathing disorders. All kinds of dental symptoms such as abstractions from bruxism at night. We think about bruxism as a, as a problem all by itself of, of stress and strain, but bruxism might actually be caused more by sleep breathing disorders than anything else. Uh, so these are some of the really big challenges that are obvious to our, ourselves if we just look at ourselves more closely. You mentioned headaches when you wake up and um, GERD. It, are, is it possible for someone to have a sleep disorder and not be snoring and have, have the physical signs of it, where it's just kind of like a disorder that's just insidious and quiet and you're suffering from some of the symptoms? 
especially if they're using a, an over-the-counter or inappropriately made snore device. Uh, sometimes we make snore devices to help our patients to, to stop the noise, but that may actually be similar to taking the batteries out of your smoke alarm. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> the problem's right. still going to occur. It's right. just that you've quieted the alarm. Uh, anybody that has any kind of noise and sound being made while they sleep uh, have some kind of sleep breathing disorder. Children, children can have sleep breathing disorders uh, because of enlarged tonsils or allergies. Uh, that affects how their overall development goes. And it can be associated more times with behavioral problems uh, than we ever thought before. Maybe ADHD and ADD is not so much a situation that we need to medicate, but maybe we need to identify if that child is having a tough time breathing. Mm -hmm. So how can dentists work with general physicians and specialists related to their patient's sleep disorder? Well, we, there's a great way to start to do that. Having the conversation first and understanding how you can recognize these various signs and symptoms that we've discussed today uh, and basically trying to uh, help your physicians know that you can be a great refer referral point. What I do here at the, at the school at MUSC when I see patients that have many of these signs and symptoms, I ask them a simple question. Have you ever had a sleep study done? Has anyone ever told you that you make these breathing problem noises at night? I try not to use the word snoring because they'll immediately shut that down. Mm -hmm. So once you understand that and you start to talk with your physician colleagues about it, you're certainly going to start to open up the door. Training and, and, and recognizing by training the problems, understanding the terminology that is associated with sleep breathing disorders, uh, that the physicians will understand that you understand what they're looking for will help you. So being trained in, in, in sleep breathing disorders is critical in my mind. And there are so many wonderful courses available. The American Academy of uh, Dental Sleep uh, Medicine offers courses in their mastery program. Uh, sleep Group Solutions, which is the company that I do sleep uh, courses with, offers great weekend courses to introduce you to what's going on with sleep and how you can start to incorporate it into your, uh, your offices. So there's so many different things, uh, so many different possibilities that you should be looking into. Learning more about sleep breathing disorders is critical uh, in dentistry today, in my opinion. And just the knowledge of it is important to communicate with the general physician, because if you don't know the jargon, you don't know the language of the of the disorder, it's hard to communicate with the physician and also get the confidence from him that, you, you know, you know what's going on. Yeah. Until I started to understand what they were looking for, they didn't understand me. So I had to learn their language. And as I learned their language, the communication and the door opened very, very easily. So that was the really wonderful part about learning about sleep breathing disorders and how to help our medical colleagues in treating our mutual patients. Mm -hmm. So could you tell us, uh, can you tell our listeners about some of the mechanisms uh, in, the, in the creation of appropriate and effective devices that actually work to, to help treat sleep disorders? Well, there are several different potential ways of trying to find out the best position for your appliances that you're making. Uh, I personally use a device called an a Echo Vision 
pharyngometer, uh, which basically uses acoustic sound waves uh, in a, with a special mouthpiece to help me try to identify where the overall collapse of the airway is and how and where to open the bite to and maybe move the jaw forward, protruding it to try to open up the airway. Interesting enough, in the cases that I've done over the last group of years since using the echo vision in my work, uh, we've not protruded people as far out as we used to. We're mostly looking at opening the vertical dimension more times than not. And there are so many other different mechanisms that are attempting to find this. I've personally found this to be the most reliable uh, tool in creating and finding the proper orientation for my Herbst appliances to help my patients. Mm -hmm. and, and what is the name of that product and where would uh, our listeners find that on the Internet? Well, it's, it's called the Echo Vision. It's the machine which contain, which incorporates two different uh, mechanisms in it. It has a, a device called a, a rhinometer, which identifies whether or not there are any nasal passage blockage going on, which can contribute to uh, sleep breathing challenges. And it also contains a pharyngometer, which again is what is used to identify via the acoustic sound where and how the collapse of the airway is occurring, where it might be occurring, and also trying to help us find the most reliable position. Uh, the company Sleep Group Solutions is, is one of the companies that uh, is able to provide that. But you can't really use that until after you've been trained. Definitely, you need to have the training first before you go ahead and use that device. Yeah. Now, so just out of curiosity, how many offices percentage-wise do you think are offering sleep medicine treatment? Uh, and also, can you tell us a little bit about you know, the revenue involved is because every every one of us as dentists uh, run, run a small business. So how does that work? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and the the reality here is that there are not enough of us doing it. Um, there is an immense population of people who have undiagnosed obstructive sleep breathing disorders um, that uh, we need to look at. Uh, the revenue is quite, quite good uh, with it. You could you can really make a great living uh, with the overall identification and creation of sleep breathing appliances for your patients. We as dentists cannot diagnose sleep breathing disorders of any type. That must be done by a sleep physician or a pulmonologist. Uh, so I work primarily with my physicians in, in identifying those patients. I can screen and I can say, I believe that these patients are, are cer certainly individuals that need to be identified further. So I will then refer these patients to the, uh, the uh, sleep clinic where they will have a, a sleep, sleep test done. And then once a diagnosis is rendered and is, they've met with a pulmonologist or a sleep physician, then they will either prescribe for them a, a positive air pressure mach machine, a CPAP, or they will recommend an oral appliance depending on if the patient can tolerate the CPAP or not. And I've found that uh, working in conjunction with the physician in that manner, it's, it's incredible. But the, the amount of people that can be treated and the amount of people that need to be treated out there is immense. And this, this market is way, way open and wide open, and we can all take a part of it and still make a very comfortable living and continue to treat patients that need this desperately uh, to a very a high degree. So it's a it's a wonderful opportunity to help people uh, 
and also to help your practices. Yeah, and it seems to me that since it's such an untapped market, there would be more dentists getting into this. So I'm not really sure, um, maybe you could help us understand why not as many dentists are, are making this part of their, their practice. Is it because well, they're so busy with restorative dentistry and they're so wrapped up with seventh generation restorative <laughs> products? You know, what could it be? Well, I think that it's the fear of the unknown. Um, mm -hmm. We don't know what we don't know, unfortunately. And for a while there, I thought I was making good appliances. I was making appliances and I was bringing patients' jaws forward uh, so far that eventually they looked like Jay Leno. Uh, <laughs> I but, remember him. I remember him. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, he's on, the, he's on yeah. the new Last Man Standing with Tim Allen nowadays. Right. Uh, but essentially, bringing the jaw forward uh, and sending the patient back to the pulmonologist for the secondary polysomnograph sleep studies often found that the patient failed. The device didn't work. And until you have that secondary testing with the device in place, uh, and whether or not you know that it's working or not. And my, my, my device has failed. And it was frustrating. Mm -hmm. So I finally went and got training. And so there are ways of getting training. And again, the AADSM is certainly one of the most incredible ways of doing it. It's, an, it's a mastery course that the American Academy of Dental Sleep Medicine offers. Uh, and it's very well, uh, uh, it's an incredible experience and it's an incredible learning uh, opportunity. But if you're just looking to get started and you really wanna get your foot in the door, uh, what sleep group solutions courses that we offer can give you a great introduction into it and then you can continue to learn and master this further once you once you get the introduction going and mm -hmm. you can learn more and you can incorporate this and uh, the more knowledge i get on it the more I, I i know i have a lot more to learn and i i think i know a lot but there's a heck of a lot more that i can learn from people a lot smarter than me as time goes by yeah, well, I mean, do you still have time to do restorative dentistry and all the other things that GPs do? You you, you still fit it all in? Uh, I I have segmented that out. Uh, basically, we started uh, dental care with the difference was my general practice. Sleep group sleep focus solutions is my sleep practice. I've kind of uh, given the general dentistry up, and I do mostly just sleep dentistry uh, in my private practice now. Wow, that's that's amazing. Hats off to you for being so successful. Do you think it's something that once a practice takes the um, proper training and, and gets the proper equipment and, and everything else involved, would it be uh, helpful to their practice to market their practice as a sleep medicine uh, treatment center? By all means. And again, it's, it's, we, we uh, looked at it and it's basically, I marketed it to my physicians. Mm -hmm. I marketed it to other general dentists who do not wish to uh, go into this arena. So there are all kinds of ways of really making this happen. What we are, once we get involved with the pulmonologists and the sleep physicians, we are the creators of oral devices. So uh, once, once a diagnosis has been rendered by our medical colleagues, and then they will refer their patients to us, uh, it becomes an extraordinarily great 
a working relationship with my medical colleagues. Uh, in fact, here at MUSC, we are beginning a collaborative with the medical school to uh, bring uh, oral sleep medicine, oral sleep medicine into what they're doing at the hospital. So we're, we're creating a collaborative here at the medical university. Yeah, fantastic. So, fantastic. So a lot of really neat things going on. Yeah. So you're the rock star at MUSC with regarding uh, dental and collaboration in, in sleep medicine treatment. That's uh, that's amazing stuff, Dr. Kamisi. Thank you so much for your time today on this podcast. And I know you're going to be doing more podcasts with Dental Talk in the future. And we really appreciate you participating. It's been a joy and a pleasure. Thank you so much.